Welcome to Student Radio Maastricht Live. I'm very happy to be here with all of you. Uh, you're listening to 107.5 FM. Thanks to RTV Maastricht for the spot. Uh, and thanks, Sham, for rolling us in. Uh, my name is Carla, and I'm here with two beautiful guests. Would you guys like to int- introduce yourselves really quickly? Um, yeah, I'm Luca. Happy to be here. Uh, I'm Jazz. Also very happy to be here. Amazing. Our topic today is something that interests me quite a lot. I've uh, studied this at school a little bit, and I would like to hear what you guys think about it. It is stand-up comedy. Should there be limits to what stand-up comedians can say on stage? It is a controversial topic, and especially with, yeah, fairly current events has become a bit loaded. And so I thought the song choices for tonight uh, would also be appropriate to choose uh, more or less controversial songs by controversial artists. Uh, you will hear that throughout the show. Um, and talking about songs, I think our introduction round is already over and we have to jump to the next song. Uh, let's go. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But where are those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely? And cry. These are so with this nice theme song of the very controversial th- show Family Guy, let's jump into our topic of today. Um, you both have probably heard about the controversy that, for example, Dave Chappelle has caused with his fairly recent uh, statements and uh, yeah, offensive or coined by some people offensive jokes about the transgender community. And 
things like this come up a lot that stand-up comedians say something on stage that people just don't agree with and then there's uh yeah the whole topic of like a public outcry and like cancel culture so maybe before we jump into specific examples like this what do you guys where do you guys stand on the whole debate about cancel culture in general I think there are a lot of things to be said about cancel culture. I think that in some cases it is warranted, obviously, if there are really controversial topics that cannot be accepted. It's just in general, like, there, you can defend anything with, like, free speech and stuff, but there are also restrictions on free speech. Um, so you can't just say anything and get away with it. Um, but I do also think that to a certain extent, cancel culture does go overboard for the slightest things people will get canceled and have their entire career canceled as well. When, you know, it sounds lame and very cheesy, but people make mistakes. Um, and I don't think that a single faux pas should just inv invalidate a whole career. Um, yeah, I think what's very important is always with these things is that we have to look at jokes and statements and we have to look at each joke or statement that is in question individually and really have to contextualize it. And uh, I think what happens a lot of with, especially saying, well, what is going too far with drawing in a line is always, I think, very difficult. And we should always um, look at every joke very specifically. And I think with cancel culture a lot, there is always a, a problem of stuff often does get decontextualized. And then there's a big outcry on the internet, but we have to, everything matters, especially in comedy, how it was said. If, if a joke is written on paper, it's not the same as the time when it was told. It matters who told it, who was the audience, in what setting. All these things do matter and they should never be overlooked um, with jokes. Yeah, definitely agree that it's highly context dependent, especially if you kind of take a snippet of a comedy show and then use that to represent an opinion that might not even be the opinion that was represented in the whole show. But um, I do also kind of find it problematic that humor is oftentimes used to like justify political opinions and like to justify political uh, politically controversial statements as oh it was just a joke like i feel like you can get away with a lot by then saying oh i was just kidding don't be so sensitive um so cancel isn't cancel culture also kind of just counteracting that free-for-all kind of wild card that stand-up comedians oftentimes enjoy um yeah i think it just it's definitely a shift and it's disruption in the whole system and it lets people speak that before maybe had didn't have a right to speak. And that is very important. But I think there's also a witch hunt element to it where sometimes they look at old clips and you get comedians um, that suddenly, I think Kevin Hart was a big one, that got cancelled for a gay joke that he made 10 years ago. But what was also not acknowledged was the fact that the 10 years since then, he didn't make any of these jokes. So before anyone even called him out for that, he actually made this change. But still, he got cancelled for it like afterwards and also, where were you 10 years ago when you made this joke? So I think we have to especially look in retrospect. I think there were even, I once supposed like, look at what John Wayne said in 1970. And it's like, yeah, he was born in like 1905. Like, there's as cancels and we have, especially if stuff is too, too much in retrospective, I find it difficult, especially if you don't acknowledge the fact that, oh, since then, this person hasn't done anything mm -hmm. bad, which means that they went with the wave. And uh, sometimes cancel culture also tracks back because uh, in the Dave Chappelle um, case, there were a couple trans um, trans uh, workers at Netflix that um, had made this protest in front of the Netflix headquarters. And I think the woman that uh, was doing these uh, protests, she got canceled herself 
because of very <laughs> racist tweets she did like 10 years ago that she didn't delete. Very, um, She was black and these uh, tweets were very racist against Chinese uh, people or Asian people in general. So that's the other side of it. It's just no one is safe in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think that like like you said, like context is very important in the, for example, like the 10 years ago gay joke. Uh, I do think that context is very important. If you look at the timeline, like people change as mentality and societal mentality changes as well it's like people progress in a society um so mentalities change as well and the thing with context is that it i think it works both ways that first of all you need to look at context to be able to not justify but basically understand that some faux pas could have been made because of the social context at the time but it doesn't mean that for example if a snippet of like a controversial joke is taken out of context and is used as like a means to like harm someone then it still is you know an, a, a tool and an outlet for you know controversy so it, it, it just works both ways if we're talking about when we're talking about uh, something being taken out of context i think we're yeah we're kind of already accounting for the aspect of for example social media and like netflix and all of those like internet publishing Yeah, ways of publishing your content on the internet that make it way more publicly accessible and also way less like m- way th- there are way less ways to monitor the content basically and who sees the content so don't stand up comedians shift from just a guy telling jokes to an audience that actually paid to see that type of content to people with a not just public speakers, but public figures with like internet presence and a public presence um, that can't control who is subjected to their content. And doesn't that make them more responsible for what they do and do not say? Well, I think what comedians always say is like, if you don't like it, if this is not the type of comedy that you're into, just don't watch me. I'm doing this type of comedy and it's for people who like it. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Um, which I find interesting because in a way they, they say it is like, being offended is like, like let's say you have like a nut allergy. It's like, hey, there's peanuts in my cake. I'm telling you there's peanuts in my cake. You can look me up, then just don't eat my cake and eat another cake. Like, I think that's the argument that they would make is that they don't have this responsibility there. They try to make their own niche laugh and everything is allowed in that way. I think that's what they would say. Um, the thing is, like, I understand that, like, some people, for example, would compare it to, like, like you said, a peanut cake. Where, like, imagine, like, you're a person that has like a peanut allergy, and you come to a birthday cake, and somebody makes a cake with peanuts in it. And if you were offended that it's a cake with peanuts, you can't be like, "Oh, excuse me, I'm allergic to peanuts. Why did you make a peanut cake?" But it's just, it's not really comparable in the sense that it has more societal repercussions than just you being allergic to peanuts and watching a peanut cake. Um, And it's just the fact that, you know, it, it, it has like, it's, it's just perpetuating a, a, a certain discourse and not just, oh, it's, it's my opinion. It's you have a platform with people watching you and you have a responsibility that comes with that. And you also as a public figure, I think it can be argued that you also represent a certain group of people. Like, for example, if, yeah, I don't know, if you're a member of a minority group and you make stand-up content also maybe tailored towards or uh, yeah um, with content uh, addressing that minority group that you're a part of um, it does that what do you what do you guys what do you guys think does that make it more okay to joke about your own minority for, for example Dave Chappelle argued 
that as a person of color, he's allowed to joke about other minority groups as well. And he's actually punching up by what, you know, what what you said before the show, he's punching up at uh, gay people because they have it better than people of color, which is kind of a strange way of arguing, but it shouldn't be discarded. Like, what do you guys think about this? Just, I don't think that, I mean, this is a term that's been used nowadays, like, there's no like minority Olympics. Like there is no minority that is like more, you know. I mean, technically yes, there are people who suffer more from their minority than others, but it's it's not a competition, you know, and it's not because you are like lower in the hierarchy uh, of minorities that you can make it worse for others, you know. Um and it's also not your minority, so it's not you 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 cannot speak about them. It's like because you are receiving a treatment why are you you're not happy with it so why are you just perpetuating it for other minorities i think it's very difficult but i think one of his points was kind of this idea of well i in, in identity politics in in a way there is this kind of competition of the more um, marginalized you are the more you have to say and i think he was you were thinking, okay, I can just use this card now to play it against the trans people who try to cancel me. Because this last special was very much, it was a very weird special. It was very weird. <laughs> it, was, it was really like responding. And it was this weird thing where I thought his first specials were pure comedy specials. But now he put himself into this weird uh, <laughs> position of he's also like an activist, but also comedian. And then suddenly, as soon as you put yourself in that um, position, you really have to be even more careful what we say because you really say you're not just a comedian. He makes himself more than he is. Like he is not just audience, it's like himself putting mm-hmm. himself in this position. That's that's what makes it really weird and difficult. I think it's a very unique case. Yeah. I think this is a very interesting point and um, we are approaching the spot for the next song, but we're gonna talk about this and about disparagement humor right after it. Uh, so I think we can just uh, jump to the musical interlude. It is a song... Um, poking fun, I would say, at the equal rights movement. Uh, But let's just listen to it. It's by the Lonely Island. Uh, Enjoy. I'm not gay, but if I was, I would want equal rights. I'm not gay, but if I were, I would marry who I like. It's not fair. I'm not gay, that the government has to say. And who can love who not gay or to which God you can pray on a gay? It gets me so angry on behalf of them. I feel passionate, not gay. So I pray for them and I say for them, we need to make a change, not gay. I see it clear as day, this area is not great cities. We need equality and for all to see that this is the new way. And not gay, it just seems not gay, wrong, not gay. That no one seems to care, sports. We can't continue to pretend this not gay madness has to end, not gay. Yeah, I was born this way. Straight. You were born your way. Gay. Gay or straight, straight or gay, it's all okay. Sure. It's time to make a change. Okay. It's time to stop the hate. Uh. you are. Beautiful. Not gay. We can't live this way, gay. We can't turn away, gay. And so I make this vow. Titties, the time for changes now. Sports, lying in bed next to ten beautiful girls, all straight. And while I made love to every one of them, I was thinking about the world, hot wings. How is it that I can't have so much straight sex while two dudes are oppressed, not gay? For having sex, not gay. Or putting on a wedding dress, I assume. I don't really know that much about it. Beef jerky tastes good. Politics are important. And if girls want to have sex with me because I said this, so be it, gay. I'm not a hero, I'm just speaking the truth I'm not a hero, don't call me a hero Beer, hobie, sweatpants, not gay Yeah, not a hero, titties, not gay I'm not a hero I'm just a person So don't call me a hero Not some kind of world leader I just want equality 
love trumps all predator. Flying kicks, not gay. Big watch, not gay. Missionary one love. Gym socks, none. Chuck a not gay. Light a fluid HD. Ninja world peace. Four wheel drive. Gay marriage love beef. Free love golf club. Two guys, not gay. Rainbow muff dive. Harvey milk champagne, not gay. Drum solo court side seat. Same sex. One arm push ups. Leonard Skinner. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not 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 gay. I'm not gay. What the fuck, Connor? You don't have to shout every five seconds that you're not gay. But I'm not gay. How is that relevant? What are you so upset about? I mean, I let you ride the unicorn when you knew that I wanted to, right? It's not a real unicorn. That's not a real unicorn. That's a fake unicorn. Hold that thought. I'll be right back. I got it. Hey, is that shit not real? When you wrote the words "sexual freedom for all," were you aware that that was also the slogan used by the pedophile group NAMBLA, the North American Man Boy Love Association? You know, Seth, I didn't, and I just think it's so sad that we live in a world where nobody told me that before I put the song out. This guy sucks. You know, Connor's heart is so in the right place, and I think it's such a great social message. Maybe a little bit muddied by his rampant gay paranoia. He's not perfect, so I guess that's what we can blame him for. All right, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht. Uh, you just listened to a um, take uh, of the Lonely Island on people trying to be extra politically correct while being not politically correct at all. Uh, I really enjoy the song and the movie it's from. It's called Popstar. Uh, you should check that out. But anyway, welcome back. Today we're talking about comedy, or more specifically, debating the limits of comedy. We have made some interesting points before, in my opinion. I would like to dive a bit more into the topic of disparagement humor, which is basically just humor that perpetuates stereotypes, mostly negative stereotypes, and that is predominantly used against minority groups. Um, it kind of creates an, more of an in-group and out-group feeling. Like if you as a comedian make fun or perpetuate stereotypes against one specific minority group on stage and people of that minority group are in your audience and people that aren't in that minority group are also in your audience, that's going to create a divide between those people and like a feeling of division more so than a feeling of unity which is what comedians argue the laughter they create is supposed to uh, convey more so to their audience like a feeling of unity and laughter this is uh, an argument made by actually many scholars uh, that are pro a limit on not the freedom of speech but the freedom of speech on in the context of a public stand-up special or like a public stand-up show and I would be interested in hearing uh, what your thoughts are on this topic um, I, I think it's very difficult because again I think also the audience plays a role but for example I think there was also especially in the 90s there was this big come of black comedians and these like black only comedy shows so in that sense there can also be an empowering factor there was this deaf comedy jam this is known kind of platform where it's like it's only black comedians and most of the audience is also only black so they're making jokes and they're within their own culture and they're doing this and that and then and they they within that they do talk about stereotypes a lot so it's like okay who can tell them to not do that right and it's just then 
who it's as always who has like the authority and the culture because like also even with the Dave Chappelle special not all trans people were against it I mean I was on YouTube I was just kind of researching I found a lot of voices if, from the trans community that said well this is just jokes and this is important and others said this is not okay at all so that's the other thing it's like there's not one a mass of of one identity that says this is okay or this isn't right so that's may it makes it really difficult to say and for me it's always like i just look at every joke and i can like because i'm half turkish for example and I, I don't think i think i think even germans can make a turkish joke but it depends on the joke and who says it and how it's said for me and it's like because mm -hmm. when i feel that there's a certain love in that and heart it's fine and i can laugh and if also the joke is kind of true because <laughs> some things just are true But it also, it's hard to even explain because there's no line. It's just, it's so specific and individual and depends on all these little nuances that it, it's very difficult to make the line and to say, well, who has the right to then censor the special and to say this goes out and this doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I think this is very dangerous in a way even to even think about that because this goes towards censorship because someone has yeah. to have the authority in the end to say this is okay and this isn't, right? Yeah. Although it's very important to talk and discuss about this, right? And to have the discussion. Because there's not one one size fits all solution because it's obviously always dependent on what exactly the content is yeah definitely um but like i think there is still a difference uh for a lot of people at least that um if a person that is a part of a minority group tells a joke about said minority group or if it's a person that isn't for example um if a white straight man tells a joke about a person of color on stage that will be received differently by the public mm -hmm. than if a person of color does it. And I think there is an important distinction to be made there. Um, I mean, like you said, Luca, I think that there is like a lot of factors that come into play when we either accepting a sketch or like not, or just a joke in particular. Um, it's just like, like you said that like the purpose of having a comedy show and like laughter is to bring people together and the fact that there are discussions whether a joke is acceptable or not isn't really achieving that goal just the fact that there exists a whole like discussion about it um and exactly like that's that's also a point that it really depends who's the person delivering the joke like this isn't stand-up but there was this reel that i shared with you carla actually about this uh it was th this arab man that was like doing this challenge of answering questions and at the end it's do you have a bomb with you right now it's just it's mostly like just very you know stereotypical jokes and questions that you get like do you own a camel or stuff like that um and because he himself was arab it was funny you know especially the answer like for example the one about the bomb is like i take it off at night um but if it was like you said just a, a white man that just was you know saying this these things about like the arab community it would i don't know if i would have received it the same way <laughs> it would have been yeah quite different so it, the person delivering it and the context in which it's delivered really really makes a difference yeah actually i think um There was one Dave Chappelle joke about the same kind of thing, mm -hmm. and I, I, I <laughs> which was about how he thanks Arabs that now there's not so much bad attention black people anymore in the media because it shifted to Arabs, which I thought, and he said that well at least you know yeah I get shot by the police but at least I can go to the airport and leave my suitcase unattended for a minute because <laughs> if you're Arab you can't do this, which I think like is that joke in that sense is not phobic against Arab it's more aware of the yeah. state in which Arab people like so that's like in that I think in that case that joke is not about it doesn't say this is what Arab people do but yeah. it's the stereotype that white people have of Arab yeah. people right Yeah. so then again I think maybe this could be a joke that is okay 
Yeah, no, that that is right. okay. I think especially because it is something that people do face, and it's just like a societal reality that he's joking about. It's not necessarily Arab people themselves. So, yeah, yeah, that's the difference. I also do find it interesting, though. Uh, Hannah Gadsby is a lesbian comedian, and she said she brought up in one of her or her Netflix special, Nanette, that she does not like to make jokes about her experience as a lesbian or negative experiences anymore, because they're always jokes at the expense of that experience, at the expense of the like trauma she would make light of. But it's still her justifying herself being on stage and her having the space to speak by making fun of herself and her community. And she says that this is this might even be more harmful than other people from an outgroup making fun of her community. So I thought that was a really interesting take as well. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I never really thought about it that way, but I do see her point. Um, it's just, I think that it also, again, depends of the joke specifically, because if it is something, for example, that you would receive anyway, as in like criticism and stuff, and something that, you know, you, you would receive on the daily, regardless of what you do, at least if you have like a platform and you are part of that community, you can make light of it and try to, you know, joke it off. And, but like in, that way of doing you kind of like mock the people who are criticizing you about this or that um so i i, I do think it really depends on what is being joked about specifically i think it's like a weird line to walk between yeah. reclaiming something or perpetuating something yourself uh to like justify yeah being able to speak out at all about your experiences right like and it's, it's, again, very difficult. And also this show isn't here to, to draw a line because personally, I, I don't think we can. I don't think anyone can just like be like, okay, this is okay, this is not okay. Boom, rule forever. Um, but I still feel like it's very important to listen to all the different takes, I guess. And we're also going to talk about more like more harmful slash um, like little spoiler for the next part of the show uh we're gonna talk about for example people like louis ck making um sexist jokes and like problematic jokes in that department and then it turns out that they are actually creepy and like like have assaulted people in the past you know and um there's also a line to be drawn there when it comes to identity but also when it comes to like your actual actions and then uh whether or not you should be able to or allowed to i guess joke about things do you guys think um, that there should be a line drawn at all? Because I personally have just said that I don't think so, but do you guys think that this is even possible? I think not. I think that we, in that sense, we have to maybe give them the freedom to, comedians the freedom to at least try it out or to do it. But then also they have to take the responsibility for what they say in the end. Mm -hmm. But I think beforehand, making these lines, I think is very difficult. I think we should say, after they said it, we can discuss it and say whether it was okay or not and look at the specific jokes, but just make these arbitrary likes and say this topic is off limits and this isn't. Uh, I don't agree with that because maybe they can find maybe just one angle on it that is actually maybe okay. You know, because that's what good comedians in a way do. They they find also a topic that you never thought about in this light because they turn it around somehow and you go like, oh, that's actually kind of funny if you think about it like that, right? So... Um, I think we should give them the freedom, but then also we can judge them once they did it. So they are responsible 100% for what they say. Yeah, I agree as well. I 
don't I mean I do think that there is some good and there is some bad but I also think that there is a very vast gray area in between and a lot of people just dabble into that because of yeah comedy's sake um and I do think it's okay to stay in the gray zone it's just what is in the gray zone and what just goes into the like don't do this zone um is very it's a very fine line and it's really hard to define um so like you said I just think trying it out but then taking a responsibility for doing so um also finding the right audiences as well because there is no one audience i think that will agree with a controversial statement as a whole like you can't you can't find a whole audience where everybody is going to agree with absolutely everything you say um but that's just what comes with the job i guess I guess so. And I think your gray area slash don't go there area comment brings us to the next song we're going to listen to. It's a song by a German rap group that has caused a bunch of controversy throughout Germany. It is called Ich bin Adolf Hitler. And I'm not going to say the translation on air because you could cut that and quote me on it. Uh, but anyway, enjoy the song and I'll see you in four minutes. Adolf Hitler, sein Scheitel Swag, ja ich bin ein Hipster, häng grad im Ritz mit Karl Lagerfeld rum, wer mich disst, ist entartete Kunst, check mein Sextape, Gina Lisa von hinten, bam, von mir gibt's nur schwarz-weiß Fotos, Instagram, ich bin P1, Bade in Kristall, denn ich bin Adolf Hitler. Oh mein Gott, das ist er, nein, doch, doch. Ich schwöre, das ist er. Er sieht ihm hinter sich. Oh mein Gott, er guckt rüber. Er guckt rüber. Er guckt rüber. Oh mein Gott, er hat dich angelächelt. Ich hab's genau gesehen. Ja, ich bin's. Ich bin Adolf Hitler. Guck mal, was macht er denn im Hitler? Wahnsinn, sieht er immer größer. Vielleicht sollten wir ihn wechseln. Oh mein Gott, lass ihn einfach. Nein, brauchst du dich? Ich kauf auch eine mit Wasser. Ich bin Adolf Hitler. Der Star-Friseur kennt die Spinnen, beben aus meinem Hitlerbart. Damit ich schick aussehe nach 70 Jahren Mittagsschlaf. Ich leg ne Haken, Kreuz, aus purem Speed, Hitler, ich ziehe was, was du nicht ziehst Baby, du weißt, wenn ich mit meinem Finger schnipse Stehst du plus zwei auf Schindlers Liste Mädchen, ich bin es wirklich Nach der Party sieht der Club aus wie Dresden 45 Guck, wie ich den Porsche mit Menschenblut voll tanke Die deutsche Antwort auf die Playboy-Menschen, Wolfschanze I got bitches, sucking on my Lollipop ich werde angebetet, Nazi-Gott! Er fährt im neuesten Ferrari vor Snapback, Jacke aus dem Army-Store Sonnenbrille, Ray-Ban, Schall-Dior Buttoned-up, Ted-up Adolf Partei-Mitgliedsnummer Der erste Österreicher auf dem Spiegelcover Bis eben war die Party das letzte wie dieses Einhorn Alle wollen gehen, doch plötzlich fliege ich 
durch das Zeittor. Ladies finden meinen Quadratbart perfekt. Sie lieben Adolf Hitler, nennen es Aha-Effekt. Denn die Jeans sind so eng, dass man sieht, was ich denke. Spann die Muskeln an und die Knöpfe fliegen vom Hemd. Deine Großeltern kennen mich, frag sie, wer ich bin. Und jetzt hätte ich gerne Nase wie die Swings. Judenfrage, gute Frage. Nächste Frage. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht Live. I'm here with Luca and Jazz, and we are talking about the limits of stand-up comedy. I hope that you've been here for the past 35 minutes because it has been very interesting. But if you have not, don't you worry because we are jumping into a, a new topic, a subtopic of this topic, which is called the tinge effect. I have done some research for this. Um, the tinge effect uh, basically says that uh, some insensitivities are more easily accepted as appropriate uh, by audiences because of a humoristic component, which in normal English means if you make a joke, people will let you get away with more things. We have kind of addressed this before uh, in our debate. Uh, but this brings us back, I think, to the topic of responsibility because the stage gives a certain legitimacy and the humor gives a certain believability uh, or, yeah, a certain a certain like leeway for you to go further than other people on stage and other public figures might be able to go without being cancelled. Um, so, does this increase, again, does this increase a standard's responsibility in today's day and age to really watch what they say? Or is this a positive thing about stand-up comedy that like I don't know artistic freedom gives you the opportunity to, to address things that other people wouldn't would be scared to or wouldn't even dare to address in the public eye I think it, it really depends on the comedian as well how they position themselves so like like we said about Dave Chappelle's like he puts himself also in the position of an activist like he is no longer just a comedian because he also put out things that like specials about especially about the George Floyd thing for example there was no joke in it so he is more than a, just a mere comedian he's not just like oh I'm just clowning around here anymore. but does that uh, like decrease his accountability then or like no that makes things? it that makes that it makes bigger it, oh, that okay. actually makes it real because he says that not every because a lot of comedians say well look at me I'm just a clown mm -hmm. don't take anything seriously they say that in the beginning and now like this is just all blank like yeah right. wild card. but would But with Dave Chappelle, this is the whole line is kind of obscured because something Armin theory is lean and then, then he breaks it up with like a weird random joke in the middle and then there's stuff like, okay, does he mean it or he doesn't, right? So he doesn't make it clear. It's like, almost like he waits for public reception and then he chooses himself whether or not he meant it. Like he chooses the option that's better for him. And I think that he disguises, he uses comedy as like the vehicle to bring out opinions and that's 
um, that's worse. Well, I think there's definitely comedians who just don't even think about it and they just make these jokes only meant as jokes, which is still problematic. There's still accountability, but that's maybe not a conversation that someone like Dave Chappelle really makes himself out as an activist. And then he said, well, these are just jokes, but also they're not because also you do mean some stuff and you don't mean, it's hard, you know, like there's more accountability with ever. You have to, we have to look at the person, I think. And I also feel like as soon as you say anything in public or on a stage into a microphone, it kind of gives the thing some perceived like legitimacy because like why else would you be able to or like allowed to say it on the stage or find it important enough to say it on the stage if it weren't somewhat true like i feel like that's like subconsciously what happens in a lot of people's heads when they're in the audience you're looking a bit skeptical there if you if you don't agree please disagree no it's not about being skeptical it's just that i don't know if it's right or wrong to have that basically double standard and regarding the same things that you are saying in a comedic context or not a comedic context it's just that i think that you have a lot more responsibility if you do say controversial things in a comedic context because you have that basically cover of it being you know humor and you can label it as humor or even dark humor because even dark humor is accepted to a certain extent um and that's also the thing about like you can say stuff and then wait for the audience's reaction and then label it any way you want that doesn't happen in real life you don't just say controversial things and you don't have an excuse for for saying things i mean the excuse oftentimes is oh just chill i was don't be such a baby i was just i mean it still is yeah exactly it still is a joke it's you can't just say like racist things and then like a day later being like oh i didn't mean it yeah i was just kidding. i mean people like the thing, i know what you mean well like yeah. it's you, i'm just kidding but i'm saying not in a comedic context yeah, yeah, yeah that's I what know, i mean i know what you mean yeah, yeah. You, yeah. anytime it's in a comedic context you have that cover of it being a comedic context but like also the label of dark humor that you mentioned i think that is also used a lot of mm. times as just like an excuse to just say a racist or say a sexist thing and then just say like oh yeah women don't have a sense of humor they don't find this funny i'm just kidding you know and I feel like a joke, I mean, I think this is, I mean, the, the like, a joke needs a middle and a punchline, and a, that's not how all jokes are structured, like, that's just not how it works, some comedians just tell funny stories, and that's also funny, and that's has legitimacy, I'm not trying to say that, but, like, a joke, do you guys think jokes need to have some sort of merit, I'm just gonna get this, like, give this question to you guys, oh. like, what makes a joke, and what makes a statement that you then disguise as a joke? It is very difficult, it is yes. very, especially, I think... <laughs> with um it is extremely difficult because also they always play in this idea of well this is common knowledge this is why it's funny because we all have the same idea when i say this or that right they don't explain everything it's just funny because you expect this and then i say that yeah um, i mean it, you can just say well are people laughing right yeah and then also but then also maybe it's another question what is the responsibility of the people that are laughing i guess can yeah. we give them no agency to say well this guy packs it into a joke and they're just a sheep here or is there is it also this idea of well there is a demand for it and maybe these people also bring it because these people come here to see this yeah there's a need for that maybe there's just uh, people that want these dark jokes and then there's also maybe this idea, i think one comedian once said how there's a problem how comedians fight for like free speech but at the same time white supremacists or right-wing people align themselves with them they're like oh you know this Shoot. Is, he said something it was like um it was like the like a like a like the cucumber and the burger that you don't like, but it's just always there. It's like the white supremacists that come with comedians on the free speech thing, but it's like, hey, you guys are doing a very different thing. Yeah, but it is it is it still is drawing them together, in, and right? that needs to be acknowledged as well. Obviously, yeah, yeah for sure, I agree. 
and also this is kind of bringing it back not to identity but like to the identity of the comedian like if you find something funny like a comedian makes a funny or like edgy but funny joke and you're like ah dark humor and then it turns out that that comedian is for example louis ck making Mm. jokes about like assault and then years later turns out oops he was actually assaulting people like that recontextualization should we like i don't know that's the thing like because you never you can never know but like should doesn't that like also kind of ring some alarm like bells there i mean it it does put things into perspective but i'm i don't know if there is if you should always assume that if a person is saying those things that they are those things. oh no no that's not that's not what i was saying yeah, at yeah, all. but th- but that is, that's what it comes down to that should we accept this in the eventuality that they are actually perpetuating that in real life yeah it yeah still, it sense. still comes down to that um and i don't think that that should be why there like is a limit on the, it yeah 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 i mean it is that like bill cosby was the cleanest comic ever yeah he never said fuck <laughs> and then he was the worst person ever. <laughs> so, and he, and, and, and I watched uh, an old Eddie Murphy special from the 90s or something. And then he talks about how Bill Cosby called him and told him not to say these things. Like, he, like even like dick and like suck a dick or something. He's like, <laughs> you cannot tell these words. And then you find out this later. And like, how does that look? That makes it also look weird. Like, yeah. he told other comedians what to say and was the worst person ever. So, I don't, yeah, it is weird. Mm. Um, I yeah. guess also stage persona gives you some sort of leeway. Yeah, like, and also, I mean, Louis C.K. does some wild shit. <laughs> and not only in, like, comedy rooms, but, like, on SNL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a very risky joke um, that he makes on, on child molestation. That's, like, um, <laughs> uh-huh. it's very difficult. I mean, I, I don't have the joke in my head. It would be an interesting joke to dissect. But it's a very, uh, yeah... And he, he got away with it and no one said anything, which was weird because he was kind of, like, untouchable. Yeah. And I think Dave Chappelle is also in this position of just being untouchable. Mm. So that's another thing. Some com- comedians just rise to some point where it's like they can actually say whatever they want. To, like, a level of fame yeah. and, like, notability. That would be maybe more harmful to expose them as something yeah. because then the fan following would, like, fall apart. Exactly. Or they're, like, known daddy's guys. That's what they do. Yeah, like that's, I guess. Dave Chappelle is going to say something crazy that makes us laughing and kind of uncomfortable or something. Like a lot of Louis G.K. jokes make you like, you really don't want to laugh about it. Like it's like, oof. but yeah. you also kind of do, and you go like, you feel bad about it in the end, and then even worse now. But um, I think some comedians have gone to that space where it's like they can say what, whatever they want. Yeah, because but it's expected of them to say these things. Because yeah, because they're almost not a person anymore. Yeah. They're like a I, like an idea or like a yeah a persona. I think that that's the problem with it. That when you get to a certain point where you are allowed to say stuff, you'll say it once, and then you see that the audience isn't exactly reacting in a bad way or reacting negatively to whatever you are saying. So you're just continuing with it because you think it's okay, or you think that even if it's not, nobody is going to call you out on it because you just earn that status or status to just yeah. not care you anymore. Just, that's a learning experience. Yeah. You're like, oh, I guess I can get away with it. Yeah, But then it, it just comes down to you get away with it until you don't. And then happens like a really big controversy and we start talking about it again. So. Yeah. On that note, uh, we have to jump. We're almost at the end of our hour. We have to jump to the next song. Another Bo Burnham song, a bit older than the one we heard in the beginning. Uh, Artist Dead by Bo Burnham. Let's go. But it helps me sleep at night. Mm-hmm. 
is dead. Art is dead. Art is dead. Art is dead. Entertainers like to seem complicated, but we're not complicated. I can explain it pretty easily. Have you ever been to a birthday party for children? And one of the children won't stop screaming because he's just a little attention attractor. When he grows up to be a comic or actor, he'll be rewarded for never maturing, for never understanding or learning that every day can't be about him. There's other people, you selfish asshole. I must be psychotic, I must be demented to think that I'm worthy of all this attention, of all of this money you worked really hard for. I slept in late while you worked at the drugstore. My drug's attention, I am an addict, but I get paid to indulge in my habit. It's all an illusion. I'm wearing makeup, I'm wearing makeup, 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 makeup. Art is a dead, so people think you're funny. How do we get those people's money? I said, Art is a dead. We're rolling in dough while Carlin rolls in his grave. His grave. His grave. I said, The show has got a budget. The show has got a budget. And all the poor people, way more deserving of the money, won't budget. Because I wanted my name and lights. When I could have fed a family of four for 40 fucking fortnights, 40 fucking fortnights. I am an artist, please God forgive me. I am an artist, please don't revere me. I am an artist, please don't respect me. I am an artist, feel free to correct me. A self-centered artist, self-obsessed artist. I am an artist, I am an artist, but I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid, I'm just a kid, kid, and maybe I'll grow out of it. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht. We're almost at the end of the first hour where we talked about stand-up comedies and the limits, the possible limits of it. We did not draw a line, specifically did not do that. Um, right, so... Uh, now that we're nearing the end of this hour, um, maybe my guests could help me out here in, in some compact and uh, beautifully crafted closing statements, um, summarize their thoughts about what we talked about. No pressure, though. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's, uh, let's start. Um, well, I will just try to start. I think um, that we have to, A, we have to look at jokes individually and we can't just categorize or group jokes together and ban them before they've even been told and we have to give comedians um, the space or the freedom to tell these jokes but then also they, they are 100% liable forever and accountable forever what they say and we can judge them and we have to have these discussions and we should definitely remain vigilant but also really look at the context um, look at all the nuances because all these things matter and reading a joke on paper is not the same as watching the actual video of a special. Um, so yeah, we have to remain vigilant and we should definitely be critical, but we should give comedians at least the the freedom in the beginning to tell these jokes, but then we can also judge them very harshly um, if we're not okay with that. I think it's just the same as in like just normal context. If you th say things, you need to take responsibility for them. Um, and I just think that there needs to be like extra caution when you do it in a comedic context because it you always have that cover that you can use, um, but it still doesn't excuse what you 
say because factually you are saying it and it can be taken out of context and used as something harmful um but still it's it's something that you need to also be careful for like context like i said it's just a double thing double-edged knife um that you can also take it out of context to harm but you can also you need to look at the context in which a joke has been made um to see whether it's not necessarily acceptable but if you can understand why it has been made um and yeah that's uh it's a, it's a good rap <laughs> that is a good rap thank you so much for that rap um i have a bunch of people to thank i would like to thank sham for the tech you did an amazing job <laughs> thank you so much i would like to thank my guests luca and jazz for joining me tonight and having a very packed discussion i think we could continue this discussion for hours and not come to a conclusion but that's the point of debate is it not and um Yes, I would. Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you again to RTV Maastricht uh, for the space and for the frequency. We really do appreciate that we can do this. Please don't forget to follow Student Radio Maastricht on Instagram. We appreciate every single follower. And <laughs> we um, post blurps and uh, announcements of new shows on there quite frequently. So, yeah, don't forget to check that out. I have a bunch of shout outs to make, I see here uh, on the cultural agenda list. The, one of them is Discotech on Friday at 22, well, o'clock, at 10 o'clock p.m. at Keldertje, I think it's pronounced in Dutch. Uh, then the DNB Saturday, also at 22 o'clock at Keldertje. Uh, the Climate March, very important. All of you come to the Climate March uh, at 1 p.m. At, uh, on Freitov on Tuesday, the 15th of March. And the March in March. And um, at 8 p.m. at the LBB, there is an open mic night happening, UCM-themed, a free <laughs> drink for everyone that shows up on time. So please don't forget to join us there. Thanks again to RTV Maastricht. And I will hand it over to my lovely tech uh, guru, uh, Sham, again for the last song, Alles von der Kunstfreiheit gedeckt, very German-focused. Uh, I have to I have to go back to, to my roots for this playlist. Um, by Danger Dan, please enjoy, take care, and hear you soon. Also jetzt mal ganz spekulativ Angenommen, ich schriebe mal ein Lied In dessen Inhalt ich besänge, dass ich höchstpersönlich fände Jürgen Elsässer sei Antisemit Und im zweiten Teil der ersten Strophe dann würde ich zu Kubitschek den Bogen spannen Und damit meinte ich nicht nur die rhetorische Figur Sondern das Sportgerät, das Pfeile schießen kann Juristisch wäre die Grauzone erreicht Doch vor Gericht machte ich es mir wieder leicht Zeig mich an und ich öffne einen Sekt Das ist alles von der Kunstfreiheit gedeckt Also jetzt mal ganz spekulativ Ich nutze ganz bewusst lieber den Konjunktiv Ich schriebe einen Text, der im Konflikt mit dem Gesetz behauptet Gauland sei ein Reptiloid Und dann genommen der Text gipfelte in einem Aufruf die Welt von den Faschisten zu befreien Und sie zurück in ihre Löcher reinzuprügeln Noch um Löcher anstatt ihnen Rosen auf den Weg zu streuen Juristisch wäre die Grauzone erreicht Doch vor Gericht machte ich es mir wieder leicht Zeig mich an und ich öffne einen Sekt 
Das ist alles von der Kunstfreiheit gedeckt. Vielleicht habt ihr schon mal von Ken Jebsen gehört, der sich über Zensur immer sehr laut beschwert. In einem Text von meiner Band dachte er, wird erwähnt und beschimpft und hat uns vor Gericht gezerrt. Er war natürlich nicht im Recht und musste dann die Gerichtskosten und Anwältin bezahlen. So ein lächerlicher Mann, hoffentlich zeigt er mich an, was dann passieren würde, ich kann es euch sagen. Juristisch wäre die Grauzone erreicht, doch vor Gericht machte ich es mir wieder leicht. Zeigt mich an und ich öffne einen Sekt, das ist alles von der Kunstfreiheit gedeckt. Nein, ich wäre nicht wirklich Danger Dan, wenn ich nicht Lust hätte auf ein Experiment. Mal die Grenzen auszuloten, was erlaubt und was verboten ist und will euch meine Meinung hier erzählen. Jürgen Elsässer ist Antisemit, Kubitschek hat Glück, dass ich nicht Bogen schieß. An Reptilienmenschen glaubt nur der, der wahnsinnig ist. Gauland wirkt auch eher wie ein Nationalsozialist. Faschisten hören niemals auf Faschisten zu sein. Man diskutiert mit ihnen nicht, hat die Geschichte gezeigt. Und man vertraut doch nicht auf Staat und Polizeiapparat, weil der Verfassungsschutz den NSU mit aufgebaut hat. Weil die Polizei doch selbst immer durchsetzt von Nazis war, weil sie Uri Jalo gefesselt und angezündet haben. Und wenn du friedlich gegen die Gewalt nicht ankommen kannst, ist das letzte Mittel, das uns allen bleibt, Militanz. Juristisches die Grauzone erreicht, doch vor Gericht mache ich es mir dann wieder leicht. Zeig mich an und ich öffne einen Sekt. Das ist alles von der